Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have amazing news for you. Our partners at Bet Online they continue to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props and futures, and more. We're talking golf, esports, combat sports, NFL upcoming, and Major League Baseball throughout the regular season and postseason. All you have to do is head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to get started. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. MyHotTub.com is a global leader in the hot tub industry with over 25 years of experience. Their hot tubs are built in the United States with the highest standards of quality control, an extensive warranty, and customer service representatives available seven days a week. They offer free shipping to your home with factory direct pricing and incredible financing plans. Visit online at MyHotTub.com or stop in Destiny USA today. MyHotTub.com. Whether online or in person, you better hurry because these spas won't last. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, do your thing, download, subscribe, rate, review, and more. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, Welch & Company Jewelers, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and our awesome friends at MyHotTub.com. Get that hot tub delivered right to your doorstep, myhottub.com. They've got discounts and deals all across the board. And, hey, if you're in and around Central New York, stop by Destiny USA. They've got the showcase there, and you can check out the perfect spa for you, My Hot Tub in Destiny USA and myhottub.com. And I do want to throw a quick tip of the cap thank you out there as well to Ken's Auto Detailing, Camilla's Golf Club, and Rosie's Corner. Make sure you hit up Rosie's Corner every Friday for Fish Friday, Route 11 in Burton, if you are in and around Central New York. Well, I am super pumped to talk to Matthew Gutierrez, uh, the former athletic Syracuse Orange uh, men's basketball beat reporter. Uh, he's also uh, just been covering the NFL the last couple of years, and he's moved away uh, from the sports scene, and he is now a writer for FS Insight, and uh, it's really unbelievable stuff. He's covering a lot of the, the 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 bank and hedge fund stuff, and stocks and crypto and all that sort of thing. And you can get his free newsletter uh, as well. It's Inner Peace, and it's findinnerpeace.substack.com. That's findinnerpeace.substack.com. Let's bring in the former athletic NFL writer and Syracuse men's basketball beat reporter Matthew Gutierrez on Twitter at Matthew G U T. The number twenty-one. That's at Matthew G U T. The number twenty-one. What's up, Matthew? How are you, buddy? Mike, it's great to hear your voice. Always great to be uh, back on. Been a few months, so happy to be uh, back chatting with you. Yeah, no doubt. And and I, I wanted to start with you know you've made a, a real transition here, right? I mean, you're completely out of covering sports for the time being, and you're involved in. Uh, you know, a, a really great platform, stocks and bonds and hedge funds and all that sort of thing and crypto stuff that's way beyond this old man's head. So can you get into that, the specifics with my listeners? Why did you trans, transition over? Uh, what what are you doing? What are you covering? Where can people find you? And all, all, all you know, anything else you want to include? Yeah, well, well, thank you again for having me. Um, yeah, so made the transition about uh, almost five months ago now from sports to uh, finance, still writing, 
Uh, that's the primary thing I'm doing all day is, is basically just read, read, read. You know how it goes. You're a big reader. Um, so just reading a ton uh, on markets and investing. Um, and then I'm, I'm working with our research team here at a small research company in, in Midtown Manhattan. And then I uh, help put together uh, research reports. I do some writing. I do some editing of the of the more uh, research and, and analytical people, help them uh, put things out uh, in, in a clear, concise, clean manner, right? I mean, as, as we've all learned the last few years, um, the, the power of the word and accurate uh, storytelling has has been so so critical, especially with attention spans being uh, about as as long as uh, that of a gnat. So, uh, just trying to you know challenge myself, learn. Uh, it was a big big transition for sure, but um, still still learning, still trying to figure it out. And um, you know, the other thing, Mike, was just I enjoy I really enjoyed the athletic and and just love the team there. I know you're a big fan, and and they continue to grow there audience as they should with just incredible sports writing at a time when there's really not a whole lot of um, great sports writing out there given the, the clickbait and the different incentives some places have but um, really really miss uh, that organization and, and still still rooting for them from afar. So what is the approach when you're covering you know the the stock market and you're covering things with the newsletter inner piece and you're covering you know, the ups and downs of, of, of different stocks and crypto and all this other stuff. Like, what's the approach when you go into writing an article or, uh, you know, covering anything really through social media as opposed to sports? Like, is it, a, is it a different reach? Is it a different way to grab people's attention with the headline? Is it, is it something in the middle that, I'm, that, I, that I don't know? What, what, how do you approach your gig right now? Uh, to your to your audience, I, I mean, I know a lot of the people you're approaching are sports fans too, but I gotta believe that they're different readers, right? I mean, a sports fan reader isn't a crypto reader. Yeah, for sure, for sure, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, number one, I think at the end of the day, no matter what the topic is, um, I'm I'm trying to uh, a go in depth and and write what what really isn't getting told in the mainstream. So, with the athletic, right, sort of the model was not just the news and the headlines and what was said in the press conference, but really going, um, you know, underneath the surface, right. How, how does, you know, if, if Mariano were, were still around, right. How, you know, how, how does his cutter work or how is he making it work at, at age 38 or whatever the case is, right. I like those types of um, pieces. And then of course the off field pieces as well, which I, which I still read. And it's a similar model here, right. I'm not really writing uh, what the market did today or, or what, stock someone should buy necessarily for the next day or two uh it's more bigger picture trends something really interesting somewhere i can uh, really add add value and, and most of our readers are either individuals like yourself or a financial advisor uh, we have some hedge fund clients as well but you know i'm most passionate about helping the individual retail investor right the person trying to save for retirement the person trying to um, fund their children's college fund, the person trying to, you know, simply put food on the table and have an emergency fund, right? I think um, that all that is all really interesting to me. And um, I get, you know, satisfaction out of playing hopefully a small, small role and maybe them having better financial outcomes. Uh, you know, it might not be the million dollar house, but it could be um, that trip they went on with a family member that they hadn't seen in years or 
like I said, the college fund or the retirement fund, all these things, you know, these really improve lives. And uh, that, that was one of the main reasons to your first question. I, I wanted to make the transition um, and, and really just bigger picture. Why am I doing this? And it's to, you know, help people because at the end of the day, you know, money obviously isn't everything, but uh, and I was just actually chatting with someone, you know, health is health is the real wealth. Right. But um, it, it does, it does like we, we're, people who say money doesn't matter. Right? I think there's a, there's some, there's some uh, some lying involved there, right? I mean, it does help. It gives you options. It gives you some flexibility. It doesn't mean it's greed. It just means you have some some flexibility to hey, go travel, see somebody, go experience a concert or a game, go you know take some time off work. Like these are things that uh, you need you need money to do, and so that 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 really drives everything I do as far as writing and, and researching here. Yeah, that's cool. The transition. I've been really impressed with what you've been able to come up with and. Um, you know, obviously for me, I've never imagined covering anything besides sports in my entire life. So uh, I got to believe that the challenge would, I, for me, I, first of all, I would never do it. But, uh, you know, that's why we're all different and, and, and we do what we do. We're talking with Matthew Gutierrez, the terrific um, uh, writer, formerly of The Athletic, covering SU men's basketball in the NFL and now doing some great things as a writer for FS Insight. And you can follow Matthew on Twitter at MatthewGUT21 and at FS underscore Insight is Tom Lee's evidence-based research, only available to banks and hedge funds uh, until now. And it's, uh, you know, stock list, daily technicals, crypto insights, and a heck of a lot more. Um, you recently spent some time, as you mentioned, at The Athletic, writing, covering the NFL, covering SU men's basketball. And, and obviously, you, you, you followed and saw a lot of what the Buffalo Bills have been doing the last couple of years. Matthew, this season, people are absolutely, un I'm telling you, they are unreal right now with these hype and expectations. Bill's Mafia is like slam dunking a Super Bowl, and it just seems crazy to me. Oh, boy, yeah. I'm, I'm a little out of touch on that, but I'm not surprised because we, we even saw some of that last year, right? Um, so, yeah, a couple things. Obviously, um, they were you know, virtually right there last year. Uh, you could obviously have the pieces, um, but as we've seen, over and over, right? As you even preach it, you know, on Twitter and our text conversations, let's let's win this down, right? Let's let's win this quarter, let's win this game. Let's not get, you know, as cliche as it is in the coaches' press conference, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, with with any great team is, is so important, right? Let's let's simmer the the expectations a little bit. Let's you know, let's not get carried away. Uh, let's make sure people are staying healthy and improving. Uh, but yeah, no, to, to you know that aside, I think this is obviously. Um, a really, really talented team. They have the experience now. They've they've been through the quote unquote adversity, as cliche as it is. And this is a you know a, a year where yeah, you would you would not be surprised at all to, just as an outsider to see them uh, finally win uh, the big one. I you know I don't I I don't have a crystal ball here, but uh, it certainly uh, would be great for Western New York and that franchise and, and Mr. Allen under center. Okay, so you just recently went to a Yankee game, right? And uh, that team has been just abysmal during the uh, month of August. What what is it like in New York City right now with Yankee fans? Are they just losing their minds? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I, I will say I see mostly Yankee fans on the train and on the street. Um, I do see a fair share of Mets fans. Some of them have kind of come out of the woodwork given uh, how good they've been. Obviously not Dodger level like you touched on in a recent uh, podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, I was at the game on, on Sunday. Obviously, some some frustration uh, among fans. They actually won that game. Um, Nestor dealt 
very well, pitched very well, did a, uh, I think he went one six innings, just really, really strong outing again from him. Um, you know, Judge hit the home run last night. They finally got the Mets this year. We'll see what happens tonight. No DeGrom. Uh, I know we're, you know, this won't be recorded until later, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, the most interesting storyline for me is, is Judge. We can get on that, but uh, yeah, I just, it's really disappointing that they, they've kind of faltered here the last few weeks. You, I, you know, you probably guessed it, right? And you predicted that pace wasn't going to continue. Um, but where they were in, I want to say, early, mid-June, give or take, was was exceptional. And it was something, you know, I hadn't really experienced in a while. I didn't grow up. I wasn't quite old enough to grow up with those 90s Yankees. Um, I saw, the, obviously, the 09 team and, and the early 2000s teams that were pretty close. Um, so that was my kind of my first flavor in a while of, like, dominant Yankees and they've they've since looked more like uh the, the Yankees that haven't been so dominant the last twenty two years. And then just last piece I'll say is is that I was at the game Sunday for the Paul O'Neill um jersey retirement and you know really it was almost a full pretty much a full house. Great great uh, crowd for him and representing him. Everybody got there early before the game for the Sunday afternoon game uh versus Toronto. But to see uh, Mr Steinbrenner uh, hear, hear the chorus of boos was uh, was pretty funny. Um, well, he's not Mr. Aaron, Steinbrenner. Aaron he's too, but... he's Hal Steinbrenner. Mr. Steinbrenner is George yeah. Steinbrenner. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, he 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 certainly heard it. So we'll see uh, <laughs> good. If, that, if that encourages him to make any decisions. But I know I know you said good. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't it won't uh, change a thing. I, I guarantee it. Um, and speaking to, about Paul O'Neill, listen. He was a great player, and Mr. Steinbrenner gave him that nickname Warrior, and he you know, came over from the Reds. They traded Roberto Kelly, a five-tool youngster for Paul O'Neill, and, and the fan base went nuts. They had no idea why they did it. Um, he comes in with professionalism. He comes in with a high on-base percentage. He comes in hitting the ball all over the place. He becomes a clubhouse leader. He started to form with Buck Showalter and Mike Stanley and Wade Boggs and a host of others, kind of what happened in 96, even though Buck was not brought back. Uh, Buck didn't want to come back because he said, well, you're getting rid of my coaches and I'm, I got to stand by my coaches. So screw you to Steinbrenner. And, you know, then they hired Joe Torrey, but a lot of the things that happened, you know, from a, uh, a building block standpoint and, and, and a culture standpoint, uh, it was Paul O'Neill and, uh, he was, he was a big time heartbeat of the, the dynasty years. I don't get me wrong, but I think the Yankees have overall, I think they have cheapened the retirement of jerseys. And that is not a knock on O'Neill. That is not a, 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 you know, a criticism of any of the guys who do get their jerseys retired in terms of the quality of player that they were. What I'm getting at is jersey retirements are for Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Derek Jeter, Babe Ruth, right? Ted Williams, Bobby Orr, those names, Stan Musial, Albert Pujols, the big names in the history of the game. Where do you land on that? Do you are, are you okay with O'Neill going in? I, I'm good with him in Monument Park because, frankly, everybody's there now. You're going to get a plaque soon. But <laughs> but but the jersey retirement thing to me is always an elite thing in sports. It should be the elite of the elite, and that is again not a criticism on the very good to great players. That's an elite territory where we start retiring jerseys. No, one hundred percent. I'm with you. It's it's certainly been watered down, not not only by the Yankees but by other organizations. Um, you know, Yankees have have had quite a few great players, and for sure they're going to have probably more um, 
you know, much larger monument park, so to speak, than, you know, maybe uh, the team in, in, uh, in Flushing, right? But, um, you know, the, at the same time, you, you do want to honor these great players. I get it. Um, but, yeah, at this point, it's like, all right, I think we need to, um, you know, limit, limit uh, raise the threshold, limit the number of, of newcomers here because, uh, like you said, it's really been diluted. Um, to an extent, and again, not to take anything away from anyone who's there, they're all outstanding players, a uh, hundred times better than than I was. But uh, at the same time, you know, this needs to be enough. This needs to be elite, right? Keep elite, elite, right? If we're going to you know, start retiring people who are who have been great but not exceptional, um, you know, we start to really dilute it, and I think it, it's, it's uh, it takes away from from the essence of, of what that's there for, right? So c- couldn't agree more with you, and I think we see that with. Um, the league overall, you know, I love the, you know, Jackie Robinson day, the 42, you know, incredible people and humanitarians and athletes like that deserve the recognition. But I think it's for sure moving forward, really need to just be diligent and careful about, um, you know, this process and, and, and recognizing if we're going to recognize people like that, it's, it's really, really got to be justified. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you mentioned Jackie Robinson Day. I still believe that they need to have a Roberto Clemente Day, um, you know, for what he did for the Latino population yes. and all the rest. I know you're a big fan, and we'll close on this. I know you're a big fan of, uh, you know, historical follower and fan of, of Clemente and, um, you know, and, and many others, of course. But I bring up David Marinus, who I just had on a podcast, and I know you were listening. He just came out with a great book on Jim Thorpe, a, a definitive biography. Uh, man, Marinus, talk about, I mean, Bill Clinton, he's done Vince Lombardi, you know, Jim Thorpe, my gosh, Roberto Clemente, this guy is, boy, we want to find some premier writing, man. David Marinus, it is, he is at the top of the mountain, isn't he? Yeah, he's superb. As you said, I think, I think in your words, master biographer, you might have said, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, yep. actually, did you get, did you read the book yet? Did you I, book I, I have not book? read it yet. I, I've, I've kind of skimmed a little bit here and there. I, I have to get rid of the, uh. Uh, the one that I'm reading now, which is I say g- get rid of, but it's it's a great book. It's uh, Dan Good came out with a book on uh, Ken Caminiti and uh, his life and uh, you know his his just awful ups and downs and his addiction and the steroid era and the confession and all that sort of thing. So I'm about 250 or 60 pages into that. I got about 100 left, and I'm going to dive into a Harry Carey biography, and then I think I'm going right for the Jim Thorpe book. Nice. Okay. Well, as you know, with with uh, Moranis, uh, you got to block out some hours, right? They're not yeah. quick reads. Yeah, They're you do thoroughly, thoroughly researched. Uh, I have the Clemente book. I think I actually have two copies. I have the Vince Lombardi. Uh, I plan to read, or at least parts of the Thorpe book. Just being honest, it's it's a it's a thick one. Not everybody um, is an incredible reader like you, Mike. I mean, I, I think we could all learn, take a few notes from you and your reading habits and ability to get through long books but no that aside he's he's a master um washington post uh, i think he's still employed there I, I reached out to him a few years ago um just coming out of school out of syracuse and said i was an aspiring reporter writer um if i could just pick his brain for a few minutes and he got back to me and happily made about 40 wow. minutes wow of time available on the phone That's yeah cool. just kind of answered my questions about his writing his research process his writing process it's mostly research because as you know, I mean, that's that's where it all starts. Yeah. And he is a master at uncovering those details, going through documents. It's a lot of a lot of quiet hours in the library and on the phone and emailing obscure places to get things that haven't been you know, necessarily uncovered about 
people's lives. And, um, you know, it's just a, another thing about him. And last thing I'll say is, is um, he, he's really adept at just making the book more than a sports story, right? It's in a lot of ways he, he intersects it with culture and humanity uh, as an American story. And he, he finds um, other interesting narratives to weave in with his stories. And there's a lot of uh, lessons there. So uh, just a testament to him and, Again, he's he's one of the one of the all time greats as far as the biographies go. Yeah, he sure is. Matthew Gutierrez, well on his way as well. Uh, FS Insight covering stocks and crypto and the rest, everything in between. Go get his free newsletter as well. It's Inner Peace. Find innerpeace.substack.com on Twitter at Matthew G U T the number twenty one. And of course, uh, you can uh, read and follow and uh, just uh, take it all in from the former athletic writer covering the NFL and SU men's basketball. Matthew, appreciate you coming on, my man. Have a great rest of your summer, and we'll do this again soon. Thank you, Mike. Always, always a blast to be on, and, and give, your, uh, give your dog, Cooper, a big hug for me. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Burn Dairy. Go grab the hot and cold food, the donuts, chocolate milk, and coffee on your way into work. Burn Dairy, gas up your vehicle as well. It's all good at Burn Dairy. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to the Syracuse Fitness Store, your State Farm agent, Matt Graham, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Hey, if you're in and around Central New York, you're going away for a couple of days, you've got a long work day, whatever the case may be, drop your pup off to Barks and Rec. They've got a playground in the back, they have sprinklers, they've got some lodging, they'll even do some grooming for your pup, and they'll meet a bunch of friends along the way as well. For sure, take your pup to Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Route 11 in Cicero, a proud, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And I do want to throw a tip of the cap thank you as well out there to Stanley Law Offices and Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. Okay, the fun continues because I'm going to now play for you a crossover episode from the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, one of the best in the business. Ian Eagle joined me, NFL on CBS play by play, man. We broke down. Uh, the Buffalo Bills A to Z, basically, you know, uh, uh, roster competition, drafting, developing, keeping McDermott and Bean, what a great job they've done there. Uh, if Josh Allen can get better, uh, the team handling the expectations, the loaded AFC, what Ian looks forward to every time he goes to Buffalo to cover a game and call a game. Uh, and and certainly uh, Ian's uh, memory, uh, you know, of, of Vince Scully uh, as well, who recently passed and uh, is just one one of a kind. There's no doubt about it. So here it is. Ian Eagle, NFL on CBS from the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. It is Bedlam. It is pandemonium. It is fandemonium. It is fantastic. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Away we go, Bills Mafia. Every single time I record this podcast, <laughs> we're so close to the start of the 2022 campaign, just checking the days off. Until we get to Buffalo Bills football, really appreciate you listening. Hey, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of our stuff. Seven days a week, Bills content, articles and video and audio. It's really, really great stuff. An awesome team 
uh, covering this uh, this club in, in the Bills, and uh, everybody's having a blast doing it, and we appreciate you uh, coming along for the ride. And uh, you can get me on Twitter as well, at Mike L Sports. We're on all the social platforms from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you know, TikTok, go out and find us. And, and like I said, subscribe, rate, review, share. Again, really appreciate all of the support. He is a play-by-play man for the NFL on CBS. So good at what he does. He'll have a lot of Bills games this year, I'm sure. He had a ton last year, home and away, and postseason. It is Ian Eagle. How you doing, sir? Doing well, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and obviously every day that you know gets clipped off the calendar, we are closer to the NFL, and I, I can't remember, even in the 90s, the expectations being this high for the Buffalo Bills. Um, you've seen a lot of this team. You've seen the growth under McDermott and Bean. You've seen Josh Allen. You've seen what they've built around him. The Buffalo Bills will win the Super Bowl this year if. Finish that sentence for me. <laughs> Well, if they stay healthy more than anything else, their team is stacked. Uh, I think in many ways they became the people's champ last year, even though they didn't win the title the way things ended against Kansas City. It it was a growing sentiment around NFL fan circles, media observers that this was the best team in football. They just didn't get to the mountaintop. But for the most part, the group is back. Some subtle changes here and there. Some bigger names that that are now gone and big names that are a part of it. And I think that also has to be mentioned in this equation. The fact that Von Miller wanted to be on this team. That just shows you how far this franchise has gone and the perception within the marketplace of the NFL that Buffalo is a destination he had options he had multi-million dollar options i think he understood this was the best fit they understood the star value they were getting and the experience they were getting with multiple super bowls and i think it's a pretty good indicator of where the bills are they've arrived they are being taken seriously they are sneaking up on nobody they are very much relevant And I do believe going into this 2022 season, they are the team that everybody is circling to beat in the NFL. How much better can Josh Allen get? I think there's still room. And we've seen the kind of improvement that you want to see out of a quarterback year in, year out. First year, and Mike, we've discussed this, first year you saw flashes, Mm -hmm. you saw moments, you recognized why the team was so high on him, just the sheer raw skill. Second year, still there were those those singular plays that you would love to have back, where he tried to force the action, where he took it upon himself, where he maybe didn't trust his eyes or didn't trust his teammates or didn't trust his defense. And then third year, there was this clear maturation and his ability to harness that talent and push this team into the playoffs and to become a factor in the postseason. And then fourth year, you're talking about MVP-like performances where he could put the team on his back, even though he didn't necessarily need to. But in the game that I called in the playoffs, the Pills and Patriots, Mm. that was a tour de force. It's one of those games, if you're a football fan, with no affiliation, with no connection, and you watched him go out and perform, 
your reaction without knowing the background and the reputation, your reaction would be, oh, that's, that's one of the best players in the NFL. And nothing changed after that. It's not as if his reputation took a hit in the loss. If anything, it was probably even more concrete and valid for everybody to see. So I think he comes into the season riding high. He's an MVP favorite. And I actually think there is still room for improvement. When you've seen certain quarterbacks just have a sublime run, you know, like a Mahomes or a Rodgers or a Brady you know, going back with Manning where you just felt everything they were doing was the right thing. Every button they were pushing was the right button. I think Josh Allen still has that in him over a sustained period of time. Ian Eagle with us here, NFL on CBS, as we gear up for the 2022 campaign. Um, when you go to Buffalo and you call games, what do you look forward to the most? Well, I, I would look forward to a better heater next time. <laughs> we were not prepared for that wild card game. Yeah. People on our crew that uh, we we talked through with that week said, uh, oh, no, no, we're bringing in these industrial size heaters. I think we rented them from a place that puts them in schools. Well, that was not the answer. That, uh, that did not get it done. Uh, what I look forward to, in, in all seriousness, is the passion. And you're going to feel it from the moment you land when you see a life-size stand-up of Steve Tasker in the airport to the moment you leave. It's, it's guaranteed. You know, unlike a lot of other NFL cities where there are multiple sports teams represented from every league and maybe the history of another team is actually larger and more historic than the NFL team in that city. With the Buffalo Bills, you just feel it. You feel it from from the moment you step off the airplane or the moment you get out of your car, depending upon your mode of transportation. And it just carries over from going to the facility to meet with the team and then going to the road hotel for the visiting team and the fact that you still feel the Bills' presence. And then showing up, obviously, day of game and having to leave your hotel early. One of the only cities that I can think of where you have to build in an extra 15, 20 minutes just to wade through the the fans that have made their way there early. The pilgrimage that takes place every single time that, that you show up. So it's it's different it's just not the same old thing like you might experience in in certain nfl cities and that's the norm by the way buffalo is not the norm you know when you're going to orchard park you're just going to get a different kind of vibe and it's special one thing that sean mcdermott and brandon bean have done among others but really 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 well is they draft they develop and they keep yeah so Sure, Josh Allen leads the pack, I get it. But for all the other guys who are either entering a rookie season or they're in year two or they've been around this part for, you know, three, four years, you know, whether it's Edmonds and Milano or it's Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins, uh, Kyrie Elam and, and whoever else, Ky- uh, Khalil Shakir, uh, Devin Singletary, on and on it goes, Gabe Davis. Um, what What guy do you think on either side of the ball, frankly, Ian, do you think 
has has been the the big outside of Josh Allen the model of what McDermott and Bean do. Yeah, I think Karen Johnson is a name. There's that another comes one. Yep. Yep. Buffalo uh, that he just gets better every year. He makes plays every year, and no, he doesn't necessarily get the headlines because he's had a Pro Bowler in front of him, or uh, he's been more of a backseat role, but. That's someone that, that stands out to me. Uh, a fourth-round pick, if I remember correctly, in his rookie year, uh, he was banged up, so he didn't really get to see what he was all about. And then every year, his aggressiveness in the slot has shown his development, picking up the system. Look, give credit where credit is due. Sean McDermott, defensive guy. Leslie Frazier has done outstanding work with this unit. And I just think they're, they're well-coached in general. You just always feel like they've been well-versed, well-schooled, well-prepared every week. And if there's going to be a question this year, it's going to be on the offensive side, the flow of the offense without Dable, who was deeply connected with Josh Allen. But we know about the relationship with Dorsey and the trust level. And the hope is it's going to be a, a very smooth transition. Look, even... Let's take an Ed Oliver as an example. I know Ed was expected to do huge things, and maybe it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. I still think there's another level for him. And given the track record of the Buffalo Bills, odds are he's going to get there. And eventually we're going to see what they saw. Look, he's still been a productive player, but you know they saw a pro bowler. And, and that really is the next step. I throw Deion Dawkins into the mix. Now we're getting a little deeper back into the 2017 years. But there's, there's been this common thread for the Buffalo Bills. You're right. They draft them well or they sign them as undrafted free agents. They develop them. And then the ones that they, they truly believe in, uh, they make sure to, to keep them around. Um, you know, even a trade for a Ryan Bates and that's a player they saw something in, and they developed, and they blocked, I believe it was the Bears, that were looking to, to nab them. They recognized that they still want to experience the fruits of their labor. You know, one thing that is really curious to me right now is is kind of not just the, the way the Bills go in and, and handle the hype and expectations, but it's also... The AFC is so loaded. I mean, you alluded yeah. to both earlier in the interview. Um, what one do you think is the bigger challenge for this team? Is it is it the hype and expectation part, or is it just the damn competition where, let's face it, after the division winners, you might have eight or nine teams vying for, what, three spots as a wild card here, right? No, you're right. You're right. And, Mike, think back to last year. It did come down to the final moment, the final game, yeah. as to who was going to be in the playoffs in the AFC, and I think you're going to see a similar situation this year. And if you look back on how things transpired, nobody would have picked the Cincinnati Bengals to make the run that they made. They caught fire at the right time. It was this perfect storm with Joe Burrow having the the kind of command that you look for in a playoff run and a good draw. Yeah, they, they had a good draw in, in the playoffs and they took care of business. So uh, you have to clearly laud what the Bengals did. I'm going to take you back because we're closing in on the season opener. And I think back to a year ago, preparing for Buffalo and Pittsburgh in week one. Yep. 
and all of the hype and all of the positivity and the sense that the Bills could be a Super Bowl team, and rightfully so. They deserved that label and the deflated feeling that Bills fans had after that game one. And it's a reminder of how long the season is, the ebbs and flows of a season. There is no league that has a higher reactive, positive and negative, to one game, one week than the NFL. Because it means so much. And there's so much chatter leading up to these games. And there's so much attention. So the only thing I would say in trying to categorize what's going to be the bigger challenge managing expectations and hype that comes within your building. And I do think Sean McDermott does a good job of that, recognizing that he can't be exactly the same guy that he was when he took over this job. Things have changed and they have put a culture into place. The competition is the real beef here. That's how you find out where you stack up. So there are going to be certain games along the way where people are going to form opinions on you. And how you handle them and what your performance level is will go a long way in determining how you're viewed in the NFL. But if I'm the Buffalo Bills, the way that I'm viewing this season is a culmination of what has been built and actually going out and doing what you know this team is capable of doing. Finally, you're one of the best in the business as a play-by-play man. Um, I know that you loved listening to and respected so much Vin Scully, uh, who we just recently lost. Um, can you, can you shed some light into what he meant to you as a, as a play-by-play man, somebody in the business? Did you ever meet him? You know, what, what separated him from the pack? Take me through how you remember Vin Scully. Only met him once and it was very brief at the old Chase Stadium. Mets were playing the Dodgers. Uh, I happened to be there in the press box and had a chance to, to shake his hand and say hello. But no deep conversations, more from afar and the acknowledgement of what it takes to be a true professional in this business. And that means having a personal standard, not something that's put forth by your bosses or by your uh, by your team that you work for or by your partner. None of that is what I'm discussing. It's about personal level of professionalism. And that's what he brought every game. It didn't matter if it was game seven of the World Series on a national network or if it was a random game in early June for Dodgers TV or Dodgers radio. He was the same. And that's truly what I've tried to to view this job as. Uh, you have to be consistent in what you do. If it's a net game on a Tuesday night or a huge NFL playoff game, it matters the same. It doesn't change the way you do your job. It doesn't change the way you do your prep. So I think with Vin, more than anything else, his articulate nature, you just marvel at. You can't reproduce that. You can't simulate that. You could be really smart, and you're still not going to be able to paint the picture the way Vin did. 
But what you can do is try to get the most out of your abilities, recognizing that authenticity is so important in this business. And if you really want to try to connect with an audience, you've got to be aware and prioritize who matters the most in what it is that you do. And that's the viewer or listener more than anybody else in that equation. So that's some of the tenants that, that I've taken from Vin and the reaction to his passing just shows you the impact that he had within the business, within the baseball community, and uh, certainly just beyond as a human being, anybody that you talk to that came in contact, the first thing they would tell you, he was all class. And that's how you want to be remembered in life. Well, for the viewers and listeners out there, we are pumped up for the NFL season to watch you, Ian Eagle. Thank you for the time. NFL on CBS, play-by-play. The the, the season can't get here soon enough for most of us. uh, Continued success. You know, I always love having you on. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. And I can't wait to get to Western New York and... And do it all over again. It's it's going to be a fun ride this year, no doubt. Nobody beats Ian Eagle, I'll tell you that. All right, I'm going to finish up the podcast here, uh, just kind of recapping some of my thoughts with uh, the Bills and the Broncos in the preseason game, um, you know, and, and just kind of some, some, some takeaways. I mean, right out of the shoot, I think the number one thing that you have to look at is, you know, the offense is just absolutely humming. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. I mean, it is humming. It is, it is, it looks like it's in midseason form. Uh, you know, the little scramble kind of pirouette that Josh Allen did in the pocket and then turning, uh, you know, and just firing this bullet. I mean, what a cannon of an arm this guy has got to Gabe Davis for the touchdown. That was something to watch and just be like, geez, I mean, it feels like it's <laughs> the middle of October or November uh, with, with that throw. Um, you know, Matt Barkley came in and, and was 7 for 8, not bad. Uh, uh, you know, Case Keenum went in 16 for 18, had a way better game than the Colts game. Uh, I thought the ground game is really something to watch and develop. I think there's four running backs who are going to make this roster in terms of Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, and uh, Tywan Jones simply because Jones plays a lot of special teams as well. But I would look at the running back room kind of that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Raheem Blackshear made it over. Uh, I don't know, maybe Taiwan Jones, uh, but I, I would, I would, I would have, I would doubt it. Um, and I say I wouldn't be surprised because you just sometimes never know. I mean, you know, it, it, it's easy to say uh, this and that about roster formation and you know what McDermott and Bean value and his coat, you know McDermott's assistance, but. The reality is we, we really don't know. Uh, usually every year with every team, there's a surprise, you know, roster guy on the 53. So, uh, But I would expect those four guys I mentioned in terms of Moss, Cook, Singletary, and Jones to make the roster. But, man, the running game looked really good. I mean, Blackshear was fine in the holes, Johnson, Singletary, Cook, Moss. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, Aaron Cromer is an offensive line coach. This offensive line already looks different. I mean, it looks so uh, nimble. Uh, on the feet, it looks so technical. Uh, it looks stronger and more powerful. Uh, it looks it looks potentially dominant. And, and I've said it for a long time. I think the O line could be really, really good. You know, really, really good uh, this year. Um, you know, defensively, obviously, you know, Balen Specter has been all all over the field in the preseason. 
Um, you know, Andre Smith had some 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 reps. Uh, we'll see what he can do down down the line, right? Um, you know, and and then other guys just continue to really uh, impress here uh, for the Bills, especially uh, when you look at guys up front. You know, uh, it, it was a high motor game for uh, you know a lot of the guys on the D line who who are we are just chomping at the bit. I mean, Greg Rousseau uh, looked like his motor was just way up. Um, you know, and, and the Bills are, every single time they play a preseason game, which they're now what? They've won 10 in a row. Um, you know, as we move from one to the next to the next, and we'll see what happens this week in Carolina, um, but this team is so deep. I mean, it is so deep. In fact, this Buffalo Bills team is so deep that, you know, after last year when Spencer Brown went through his, his rookie campaign, you were like, oh man, he's definitely a bookend right tackle. He's definitely a, a bookend right tackle for, um, or I guess it would have been year two maybe. Um, but, you know, he, he's going to be the guy opposite Deion Dawkins for 10 years, right? That's what we thought. That's what we thought. And now we have some major competition. You know, we have major competition as he heads into his third year because it looks like there's a strong possibility that David Questenberry could be the right tackle. And so therefore, you know, you would go Deion Dawkins on the left. You would go Roger Saffold on the left guard spot. Mitch Morse is your center. Uh, Ryan Bates as your right guard. And then Questenberry on the right tackle spot. You know, and, and you'd have Spencer Brown now as a depth piece. I mean, that could happen. The way Questenberry's played, the preseason he's had, the camp he's had, that could happen. Um, you know, I'm very, very much also looking forward to, you know, seeing the defensive end rotation. Um, we know that, that Von Miller and Gregory Russo will be, will be the bookend DNs. You know, you have a situation where AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham provide the depth pieces and then still you have Shaq Lawson. Now there's been some noise, you know, in and around Western New York, here recently that maybe Shaq Lawson won't make the roster. I don't think that'll be the case. I think they brought him in to be, you know, a locker room presence. And listen, there's no heat on Shaq Lawson whatsoever. Shaq Lawson is a guy who the Bills can absolutely positively count on when they need him. They don't need him on first down and 10. They don't need him on third and five to get the team off the field late in the fourth quarter. They need him when they need him. And there's not a lot of heat on him. He's not the guy. He's not the second guy. He's not the third guy. He's not the fourth guy. So this could be a perfect spot for Shaq Lawson in his return to Buffalo coming up uh, already in year seven, which is just mind-boggling and hard to believe. Now, the D tackles uh, really are, are, are going to be strong, you know, all year. Um, I thought that the rotation looked pretty good against Denver. Um you know, the secondary, we're waiting to see kind of the Trey, you know, everything obviously with the, the secondary is kind of based on the Trey White timeline, right? There's no doubt about it. But I think the Bills, you know, with Jaquan Johnson, with safety position, they're going to, they're really going to be there. Hyde and Poyer, we know. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlet, again, I'm just kind of speaking still more to the depth of this team. Nick McLeod is impressed. Um, you know, so we'll see where these guys kind of fit in. I think right now, the Bills are probably comfortable with Kyrie Elam and Dane Jackson to start the season. Now, Christian Benford has challenged. He's looked really, really good. Um, 
but man, this team is deep. The competition battles I've talked about forever. Uh, this is what happens when you have unbelievable depth and unbelievable competition. There's just guys, there's layers of players, you know? I mean, really. And uh, and Buffalo has a chance to be really special this year. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, when you look at that, that, that game, uh, I think the Bills got everything that they wanted out of every single unit, first, second, third. Um, you know, all the quarterbacks got to play. Uh, Allen got his, you know, he was chopping at the bit, you know, to, uh, to, 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 to make at least an appearance. Um, you know, the Bills just moved the ball up and down the field at will. Um, you know, Tyler Bass looked good. Matt Ariza continues to look great. Um, the running game is going to be a real, real big factor for Buffalo this year in terms of, you know, balancing the offense and the Aaron Cromer offense and a lot more downfield stuff. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of the, the, the gaps that they open. I mean, it, the, the line looks really, really good. I thought it was really good before, but I think they look really different and they look really polished. Um, and, and, and I think again, that, that it's an offensive line that honestly has the potential to dominate. So, uh, was just really impressed across the board. Again, I know it's only preseason, but here we go. Um, we're getting closer and closer and closer here towards the start of the season. And I'm just looking forward to from here until the season, well, until basically the roster's formed, I'm just interested to see in, in how the running back room, you know, kind of sorts itself out. I told you my four guys I think will make the roster. Boom. Uh, I'm very interested to see how the the, the slot receiver position uh, pans out. You know, is there room for Jameson Crowder and Khalil Shakir? You know, we know Isaiah McKenzie's there, no doubt. Uh, is Isaiah Hodgins in play uh, more than any other guys, right? I mean, they just cut Matt Hawk, uh, the punter, and they just cut Tavon Austin, so Austin's out of the picture. Uh, you know, the kick return and punt return battles, you know, giving different guys different reps there. How does that shake out? Uh, and then I mentioned, you know, the positions on defense with the competition and, and kind of the pecking order. So um, things are uh, things are going well for the Bills, and it's only the preseason. There's plenty more to come, but um, just wanted to kind of give my uh, two cents here on that game against Denver uh, and recap that for you. Bill Tim Buffalo Podcast Network, thanks for listening to the Pandemonium Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. Make sure you hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and go follow us all over all the social media apps from Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to YouTube and Instagram, Built in Buffalo. Rate, review, subscribe, you name it, on all the social platforms on Twitter, at Built in Buffalo underscore. We just surpassed 53,000 followers on Facebook, so keep it going. Seven days a week of content. Every single day, it's articles, it's videos, it's 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 audio, um, you know, and, and, and really a lot of the guys are doing the, the video-audio uh, combination of podcasts as well. So make sure you catch those uh, shows, including Breaking Tables and others. So uh, really appreciate the listen, Bills Mafia. You're the best, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.